0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 239 of the Spoiler Alert podcast, brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. This is Mike. I'm here with Danny. And today we're going to be discussing the recently released new entry into the Spider-Man canon, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Danny, how are you
1: doing today? I'm doing awesome. How about yourself? Doing just great. Thank you. You know, this movie answers... An important question, I think, in the the story of Sony Pictures and Spider-Man, which is why the hell does Sony Pictures still want to make Spider-Man movies? Yeah, right, right. Right? I mean, they were had huge hits in the early 2000s with the Sam Raimi-directed trilogy with Tobey Maguire. And then kind of stepped in it for a while. Well, Marvel took over and then they tried to relaunch it um, a couple of times, right? and And... Their their version of The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man 2 were moderately successful, I guess, but certainly less critically acclaimed and couldn't hold a candle to the type of results that Marvel was getting. And then they launched another one with Spider-Man Homecoming, but really just gave Marvel the opportunity to basically make the movie, right? Sony just gets the check, but Marvel does everything. And the thought was, that one worked out really well, so why not just keep doing that why the hell is Sony Pictures still so set on trying to make their own Spider-Man film universe? And I think this movie answers that question.
0: Ah, we're already getting into it. Well, yeah. I, I think this movie is interesting just from the perspective of this is a, a packed movie release schedule month. December always is, right? In between Thanksgiving, right. New Year's, holidays. Uh, and we've got a lot of children's movies being released in this time. So it's almost like you yep. you run out of time to take your kids to all the movies that are out. I mean, normally you got one or two out at a time, maybe one or two animated movies, one or two superhero movies or action movies that are PG uh, rated. And this is a chock full month of family themed releases, this being amongst one of them, perhaps a little little darker and a little scarier than a Mary Poppins or a Grinch might sure. be. But <laughs> sure. uh, but also, I mean, just this is a really... I I thought that the timing of this was interesting. I would have expected this movie to be released around Memorial Day.
1: I agree. It is a strange kind of spot on the release calendar. And I think it opened to 30-ish million dollars. I don't even remember because it's been out a week or two now. But if it was the summer, I would have expected this to open 75, 80 million dollars. Huge weekend. But to your point, it's packed. There's a lot going on. A lot of family competition at the theater. Kind of an odd point to put it, but... I, I, here it is. Know, the, 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 we, yeah, here we it got is. It. Here we are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't I kick us off? So this is an animated film about Spider-Man. Uh, but wait, wait, wait. Before you get bored and stop thinking you've already seen eight Spider-Man movies, <laughs> listen to this one. This one actually is about Miles Morales, who is a teenager living in New York City, who is a fan of Spider-Man. He, um, his dad's a cop. His mom's a nurse but he somehow has gotten the opportunity to go to this sort of high-end private high school where he's working to fit in. So a lot of teenage angst, a lot of, I like girls, they don't like me, trying to fit in sort of anxiety. And he he works with his uncle Aaron to develop his graffiti skills. Uh, And one night while while working on his graffiti skills, not only does he get bit by a radioactive spider and develop Spider-Man skills, He returns to that scene days later to find the real Spider-Man fighting the Green Goblin in the middle of a giant um, laboratory and particle accelerator where Wilson Fisk, AKA Kingpin, is trying to smash universes together for some nefarious reason. Now, the result of this is Miles meets another Peter Parker after one Spider-Man dies and realizes that there is a whole universe worth of universes all coming together and all their spider people have somehow jumped into Miles' universe. And this is largely just an excuse for us to meet Miles, to watch him grow and and kind of develop his powers as Spider-Man and provides tons of fights and action and humor and hijinks from all the various Spider-People who've crossed over into this universe. Right, right. And the result, I think, is a comic book on the screen and a hell of a good time. Yeah. And yeah. that's... That's funny. Yeah. yeah. So, that's a podcast plus my initial thoughts. What you're your you're, initial you're thoughts? interested.
0: You liked it. Okay, good. You yeah, to hear. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was so interested to see this film because uh, y- you know it's it's not my thing yet, I couldn't believe what I was reading about it in the couple of weeks since it had been released before I was able to take my kids to see it over Christmas break. And I mean, it's like 98% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. And We've certainly had our issues with these aggregator
1: things, but I mean, this is
0: pretty high up there, widespread critical acclaim. So I couldn't wait to see it. And I figured it was going to be one of those, like so many in the past, where it was hyped up so much and i was so enthralled with what i was able to read about it that i got there and it just didn't didn't right. fill the the need for me but i really loved this movie so oh, good. so again again not not quite my thing but and i got the sense watching it that there were a lot of nods to the marvel fan base uh, throughout the film uh, character wise and and little you know references that we see so often well, Easter and, eggs, right, yeah, yep. in in superhero movies But as somebody who's not a member of that club... It was written in a way that I still followed the great majority of what was going on. And this is some really esoteric, weird stuff that's going Very on weird. in yes. the movie. And, and it, there was no dependence that I had seen five other films in order to understand most of what was going on there. And so right out of the gate, I was just sort of like, oh, you won me over by making this a film that I don't need to have seen eight other Spider-Man movies to get what's going on here. Right. It, it was, was, was well crafted from that perspective.
1: I agree. And I think given that there have been eight other Spider-Man movies, this felt incredibly fresh. Yeah. It felt like they really just reinvented the whole thing. And I was wildly interested in just about everything going on the whole time.
0: Yeah. I, I What I wrote down, uh, one of the things I jotted down early, uh, this movie isn't cut frenetic the whole time but there are several periods in the movie where you have a montage that is cut just just crazy fast yeah. paced and I, I described it like a a psychedelic episode of 30 rock right like if you remember the the Nbc sure. show 30 rock how like if you blinked you missed two jokes like it, it was right. it was that fast paced for the whole 30 minute a lot of that happened in this movie as well there's there's an early part in the movie where peter parker's spider-man is giving his introduction to himself and and backstory and one of the lines in it is that he cut a christmas album like like in the time since you last saw me he he did this he did that he did that he cut a christmas album and as they say he cut a christmas album you see on the screen for all of a second and a half a picture of like a a promo still that spider-man is doing for his christmas album it's got the track listing off to the side of him and it went so fast that i could barely catch it but one of the tracks was joy to the world and then in parentheses that i just saved and i thought it was one of the funniest (laughs) things and it was like a joke that somebody spent a ton of time inserting into this movie for one second that i have to think 90% of people won't even see if you were, if you were looking down to get a handful of popcorn, you missed that. Right. Right. And I, and there were tons of those throughout that. So that that was just one that I wanted to put out there, but there's this really fast paced montage sequences with really funny little snippets in
1: there. Well, this movie does a lot of that and it's really brave with the reinvention of Spider-Man. Like on the one hand, you know, you mentioned the the Easter eggs and the nods to the fanboys and the the Marvel fan base. You know, comic movies have to be so slavishly faithful these days, otherwise they get this People backlash. Get all mad. Yeah, right, yeah, sure, yeah. Right. That's not how he was. That's not canon. And this one, there's one whole universe where Jake Johnson's Peter Parker and Spider Man. He he gets divorced. He gets out of shape. Right. He's just sitting around like depressed, eating pizza with his gut hanging out. Like, it's just really irreverent and kind of mocking the idea of Spider-Man. And then, of course, by the end of this movie, that same Spider-Man is back in shape and he's got his life together and he's going to go back and be the best Spider-Man he can be. I I mean, frankly, between Miles Morales, this Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, Gwen Stacy, uh, Penny Parker, Peter Porker, and... Spider-Man Noir, I would see a follow-up movie with any of those characters. Wow, okay, okay. Uh, Like, if there was a new animated film tomorrow that was all about Penny Parker, I'd be like, oh, I better go check it out. Oh, wow, all right. So, I mean, they, they mocked things, they poked fun, and at the same time, they brought such life back to Peter Parker and to all these characters it's like roll a die, and whichever face comes up, let's make a movie about that i'd I'd buy a ticket.
0: Uh, and you know you you hinted to it earlier. We, we haven't even really talked about the visuals of this movie, which are unlike mm. anything I think you've ever seen ever in a yeah. comic book adaptation i I mean fifty percent of it you you kind of feel like you're reading a graphic novel in an animated theater environment due to the yeah. the way they kind of intercut the visuals. and so I would just say. That a story about multiple dimensions converging seems like something that's been attempted in this world before, in live-action superhero movies, and it would leave me with my eyes rolling. Yet I think that the graphical effects here were so cool that all of that backstory, it it, it just felt okay. I think the the visuals were somehow simultaneously old school and high tech, if that even makes sense. Like, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that sounds totally stupid, but... It, it, well,
1: some of the characters, instead of being fully uh, colored, they're have, like, using the like the offset dots. Yeah, that yeah. You see Like in an old comic book where maybe they didn't right. quite line up. Right. Yes, it's very cool.
0: I, I thought that that was a, re- a really neat touch. and And I'll also throw on there because I always need to talk about the music. The soundtrack choices here were fantastic. I think they didn't, they didn't use pop music a ton, maybe like half a dozen songs throughout, but this is a soundtrack that has Black Sheep, Biggie, and the theme song from St. Elmo's Fire in the 1980s, which I thought <laughs> somehow landed perfectly in that scene. And like, I mean, almost laughing to the point of wiping tears away from my face, like, why did they pick this song? And yet it's so great in this moment. Uh fantastic job on the visuals and the the audio here too.
1: The visuals are stunning. And so years ago after Watchmen came out, uh, that was a Zack Snyder directed film, the adaptation of the the Alan Moore graphic novel. um, They had these Watchmen uh, animated comic shorts. So they were like 15 minute movies, but it was really just kind of a comic book, but the camera sort of panned every once in a while. And there was like, it was you know like an audio book so characters were dubbed it was really crude but i feel like that was someone's idea of a comic book come to life and this is as close to a com- like you're like you're in a comic book but you're reading a comic book but i, I was stunned yeah. the, but the look and feel of it is unlike anything you've seen in an animated film or in a comic book movie before i also just have to say i love not only all the weird characters i love how each weird character was allowed to be fully true to their universe. And two examples of that are Spider-Man Noir, who's like a black and white 1930s, 40s detective. He's wearing a trench coat and it's always blowing. It's always like blowing like a cape in the wind. Yeah, And they even make a joke about it. Like, where's this wind coming from? We're in a basement. (laughs) You know, but but his his coat is always, and he's in black and white. And then I love that, Peter Porker, when he's fighting, he can reach in his pocket and pull out an enormous wooden mallet, just like out of like a Bugs Bunny Looney Tunes cartoon, because that's his universe. And it's like, so they're all in this one, but their traits and powers and what makes them special and unique. It's not like they had to suddenly conform or like now now Peter Porker can't do weird things because in this world he's a pig he's just Peter Parker coming right, to life right, here. Right, right. And I thought that was so smart and fun and exciting. And I never knew what any of them were going to do. So all you could just sit back and watch and smile. I would say to,
0: to counter what I really appreciated regarding the, the visual effects of this film. And, and I guess I'd even say that it, it takes CGI almost to a new level where like we become so desensitized to what can be done visually in a movie now, you can land a, a spacecraft anywhere and you can blow right. anything up. Th- this was this was taking it to 11. And I, I really enjoyed that for about an hour and 25 minutes. And so I would say I felt like the final battle scene maybe got a little too trippy. Like now we took it from an 11 to a 12. And then it got a little long. Like I, I, guess I oh, felt okay. like I was buying what they were selling 100% for seventy four percent of the movie, and then I just started to get almost tired. Maybe my eyes were just getting tired with everything that was happening. And the assault. I, yes, I was, I was with, a little yeah. exhausted by the time I walked out of there. It, I mean, this is you know a Pink Floyd laser light show at the end. It was yeah, it was crazy.
1: It was like the Doctor Strange. You remember that movie? Yeah, yeah, the, yes, you know, the yes, psychedelic, yes, right? Different universes, I mean, especially at the end, in that super collider scene you know it felt like you know a kaleidoscope with craziness coming at you from every direction right, right. and yeah it was exhausting but i i like th- that's what i thought was so cool about it
0: for me it was it was absolutely the only thing that i wrote down as a criticism from my point of view of the film i felt like it it, it just taking it from 11 to 12 got too much and and then i was like the last 15 minutes i'm
1: tired <laughs> the only criticism i was able to come up with was having Nicolas Cage do a voice. Okay.
0: Right. And
1: it's because Nicolas Cage, to me, has become such a parody of a performer that, like, even just hearing his voice, I can't take him seriously. And while he was he was Spider-Man noir and a lot of his lines were meant to be comic relief, I just felt like, oh, if they would have used anybody else. Like, like, give me John Hamm or somebody, you know, who's got a cool... Kind of rough sounding voice, but not that that I'm not instantly either annoyed or suspiciously. uh, I don't know. Like I can't handle him anymore. I I think I get get what you're
0: saying. Like Nick Cage is one of the actors today that could go on Saturday Night Live and is probably going to do the best parody of Nick Cage. Like he, like he'd he'd just have to go on and make a joke of himself. Is is where he's kind of kind of landed. What's up with that? 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 I was going to say, what's up with Nicolas Cage never looking better? Hidden by a mask and a hat, lurking in the shadows.
1: Spider Noir an is animated a, film. It's a good look on him, I would say. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't looked better in years. <laughs> right. What's up with the scene where the, the cops say that Spider Man is is pulling a homeless corpse? Behind (laughs) the the train. God, that was funny. (laughs) A homeless corpse. That's all they could come up with what's up with there
0: being this this uh peter porker like this is just a a legitimate question that i don't know about this universe was that a real guy was there really a a spider ham once upon
1: a time i believe there was yes back in the 70s and 80s or something good grief yeah that's right up there like remember superman had a dog for a couple for a long time in the comics that's right yes yes yeah and just Uh, these weird like silly throwaway characters that tried to make like animated tv shows i just thought that john mulaney
0: voicing him was so perfect like did they get the the best voice casting there ever
1: and what a cast this movie has Mahershala ali oscar isaac jake johnson liev schreiber katherine hahn lily tomlin i mean on and on and on like everybody was done and then nick cage
0: uh, <laughs> he was also there. Uh, he was Nick there. Was also,
1: yep. <laughs> yeah, he was also. Yeah, he's
0: also in it. <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Now, this is also written by Lord and Miller, who sort of famously last year got fired from Star Wars uh, solo uh, as directors and writers. So they were sort of coming off, uh, you know, getting fired, having a rough time. Right. And then as I was reading about this Spider Man movie, thought, how is this going to be How's a step up out? for them? Yeah, yeah. is this going to work? And it's awesome. Yeah. So I feel like they totally redeemed themselves. Totally. And uh, have, uh, we hope, years and years of making more of these. Buddy, are you ready for five questions? I am. And let's just quickly address that we had questions for the favorite that somehow we didn't get to do the hot seat. So sorry for anyone who is looking for five (laughs) lesbian-themed costume drama questions. Uh, So sorry about that. But yes, I'm ready for... Let's
0: let's get back to it now with with Spider-Man. You alluded to this earlier. Of course, other sequels and spinoffs are planned. Which alternate universe Spider-Man story would you most like to see next? You said you'd see
1: any of them. What what would be your favorite? I really would see any of them. My favorite would probably be Noir Spider-Man. But I feel like Gwen Stacy's Spider-Woman is the obvious next launch pad. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, question number two. Do you think Stan Lee will continue making cameos in Marvel movies considering he's looked like death warmed over since his appearance in 2014's Winter Soldier?
1: Well, he he passed away, I believe, in October of oh, this year. Oh, I didn't year.
0: know that. It's a horrible question.
1: Yeah, so he he did pass away, but I do believe that he's already... He's taped, a, he's, he's, a, there's already a, a
0: couple in the can.
1: Three or four in the can. So, I, I mean, he was Ooh. in this one after he passed away and I think we're going to see at least two or three more uh, from so,
0: Stanley. So, I did not write this question and in my defense not following this universe I'm going to apologize for reading that as a joke uh, question number three could could this story concept <laughs> damn that was question yeah. number two normally we don't get to the nasty ones till the end question number three could, could this story concept work for any other superhero than Spider-Man
1: Oh, um, I, I guess it's possible. Um, I don't know if any other, so again, I'm a comics fan, but I haven't read them in a long time. So I don't know if there are other reboots and offshoots like this. Like you have a Spider-Woman, like you have Miles Morales, who is a different Spider-Man. Right. You know, there's multiple versions, so I don't know. I feel like if any other superhero did it, it would be really a one-off and a real gimmick. Whereas again, for this universe, I felt like it was just introducing us to multiple coexisting spider people across the different dimensions. And I'm interested in all of them. So I don't think anyone else could do it as well.
0: Can I ask a really dumb question again as somebody who doesn't follow this universe? uh, Was Miles invented for this film or was there a- He's existed in the past. He's an existing Uh, character, Yeah. All right, sounds good. Question number four. What's the worst thing an uncle ever did to you? Oh boy. Come on. Listeners. Question number five. Did did you enjoy seeing an older, more jaded Spider-Man? Or do you get more pleasure swinging with an inexperienced 16-year-old Puerto
1: Rican Peter? Let me say this about Miles Morales, because I think you'll find this interesting. So, in the movie... Miles shows up to his Uncle Aaron's apartment, and Aaron is watching the show Community, which starred Donald Glover. Right, and right, Donald right. Glover in that episode wore Spider-Man pajamas, and for a while online was sort of actively trying to uh, lobby to become the next Spider-Man, because he really wanted to be it. Well, the creators of Miles Morales saw Donald Glover in that episode and modeled some of their character, Miles Morales, on uh, Donald Glover oh, and his okay. pajamas... And Donald Glover plays uh, Uncle Aaron in the movie Spider-Man Homecoming. So that little cameo he has there, he's playing the character Aaron who, Very who cool. goes on. Yeah, yeah. That, so, that's a, that's a fun a, Easter egg. Kind of a yeah. meta of uh, right, you know, right. the TV show inspiring the comic book who's later in the movie, which is like a different that. movie. And they reference in the movie. Yeah, so I thought you'd like <laughs>
0: Very neat. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah. That's five questions. I don't, you didn't even need to answer a few of those, but that's all right. We'll, all right, that's we'll, we'll let it go. Well, buddy, I think it's pretty apparent that we both enjoyed the hell out of this one. Let's put a bow on it. Uh, what, what? How do we wrap this one up?
1: Well, from a final thought standpoint, and I know it's not to that point yet where we're going to talk about our sort of top lists for the year, but I'd put this up there. And oddly enough, I feel like three of my top five this year are either for children or animated films. Oh wow! Okay. I feel like between this. And Paddington Two okay. and Isle of Dogs. All right, all right. I think this is a fantastic year for gutsy, bold, super creative stories that kids could watch as well. It didn't have to be crazy, disturbing, and graphic. Sure, sure. Uh, trust me, I got a couple of those in the top five as well. <laughs> but <laughs> did Quentin uh, know just... make a movie this year? We, no, we, not We, this we don't not have anything to
0: counterpoint this, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: what about you? I mean, you you took your kids.
0: Did I, your kids I took like the it? kids. The kids really liked it. Um, I think you mentioned that maybe, uh, no, it, it might not have been you, maybe uh, it was one of our uh, listeners who had told me that their youngest got a little spooked. Did your kids see this one or...
1: I only took my oldest because I thought it'd be a little scary and confusing for my younger, yeah, so um
0: christian there i there were a couple of points where I glanced over and noticed him sort of hiding under his tray table, like uh, yeah yeah, I, I think uh the the villains were a little creepy in the, in yeah, this one, yeah. and some of the scenes got visually very intense, but they both did like it, and both left saying they really enjoyed it, which I was even oh, surprised cool. that Claire wanted to see it, this didn't seem quite up her alley but they both both really enjoyed it and uh yeah i would say as i was leaving there i was shocked to say it would be on my top 10 list for the year as well Whoa. Yeah, yeah
1: i mean after thor ragnarok last yeah, year right. and then this one you're just a full-fledged comic nerd now o- occasionally you can get me in that spot yeah boy yeah. you are just a big comic guy i know you know me. You... So how many comic book movies are we going to see next year? Pro- well, how many are coming out? Probably, Probably all of them. 10 or 12. Yeah. No, we did not go see Aquaman. Correct. I did not force us to see that one. Correct. Yeah. Uh, hey, you saw that movie. No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you didn't see it yet. Okay. Mm. All right. No. All right. I, I said yet, because I'm sure I will see it.
0: Right, but we've we've got our next four planned. I can't imagine that could possibly hit that list. So. It won't hit
1: the next four. What? Uh, so one of the next films we'll be seeing, though, is Vice, the Adam McKay written and directed uh, biopic of Dick Cheney starring Christian Bale. So that'll be our next picture. All right. Uh, it was released on Christmas, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to review it. Nominated for 100 it.
0: Golden Globes or something like that.
1: <laughs> right. There's only like 10 categories, <laughs> but it's got 100 nominations. It's fantastic. All right. Sounds fair. All right. Well, good talking to you, buddy thanks for listening to the
0: spoiler alert podcast please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com where you can see what films we'll be discussing next comment on our recent episodes suggest movies to review or topics to discuss or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast stop by and visit our facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movie outsiders and be sure to follow us on twitter at movie outsiders If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.